From the studio in Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Jerry DeViller. Debbie Catalano is on vacation. I want to welcome our listeners from the United States and around the world. It's another Sunday podcast. And welcome to another Sunday podcast, episode number 130, here in the middle, actually the end of August. Debbie is still on vacation and will be joining us in our next episode, so we can't wait for that. Doing this by myself can be a real hassle because I have no idea what I'm doing. I feel like I'm alone when I do this without her, and... uh, However, a little different this time, I have a guest. And my guest, and for those of you who have been listening for the last 130 or so episodes, might recognize my guest today. It is my good friend, Taylor Bloom. Just to let you folks know, he was our first guest back three years ago when Eric and I started doing the podcast. Uh, He is a wonderful actor. Wonderful musician. You can uh, check him out. You can listen to his music. He has two albums out, Heading to Ohio and My Father Before Me. Wherever you get your streaming music, you can find Taylor, as well as American Horror Story, season number 11, several episodes there. What a great job. Check that out if you so desire. That is still streaming on Hulu. And he also did a stint for a number of years as uh, Paul Simon on the Simon and Garfunkel Story Tour. So, that's my introduction. Please welcome my good friend, Taylor Bloom. Taylor, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Jerry. How are you? I am better than I deserve. Thank you. Glad to hear it. Your fourth appearance, I think. I believe so, yes. Yeah, I think it's the fourth... Fourth appearance. You know, your first appearance on our show was still in the top ten. Wow. Yeah, when you sang Cecilia for us all. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. That was so long ago. I didn't back. even remember that. It was during COVID, and I believe I believe you were uh, in Virginia. I think wow. you spent some time during COVID in Virginia. I did, yeah. Yeah, so that's how long ago that was. But still in the top ten. So goodness gracious. Yeah. So anyway, how are you? I'm very well this morning. Thank you very much. Good to hear it. It was great to see you recently. We got yeah, we had a good time. Thanks for coming to visit the city. It was uh I love New York City. And uh, anytime I come down and and uh and visit with you, we always we always seem to find something fun to do. Oh, yeah. And the bonus this time I got to meet Scout, so that was that was awesome. Yeah, that was wonderful. They, uh, and in terms of finding fun stuff to do, this time was no different. Yeah, absolutely. This was this was uh, this was definitely fun. Uh, so Taylor and I went, uh, spent a couple days together, and saw a couple of shows. Uh, one being uh, Back to the Future, the musical. We're going to talk about that, and a show that just closed on Broadway called Just for Us, and it was Alex Edelman, a comedian uh, from Boston. That did a did did a wonderful show. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about that, and uh, we can promote uh, Back to the Future, the musical, which is now appearing at the Winter Garden Theater in uh, in New York City. 
Um, what can what what can we say about that show? Uh, in, incredible. Yeah, Back to the Future the musical was enormous. It's such a huge uh, piece of theater to go see. I mean, it's 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 like if they made a blockbuster live on stage, I would say, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was huge. And also, the other thing is that who knows when the show's going to be produced at this level again? Uh, and the production is such a huge part of the appeal of this show. So, I mean, get it, get it, get it while it's hot. Go see it now if you can, because just some of the stuff that they were doing, just amazing technical theater tricks. It was so cool. I was, uh, if you couldn't tell from my verbal and uh, and 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 physical reaction to some of the things that were going on, it, it was incredible. I have never seen. And I've seen a lot of musicals. I have never seen anything, a production like this before. For, for, for many, many years, Chicago has always been my favorite musical. And I think I've seen that four times on Broadway. This one topped that. So what was it about this show that topped it for you, Jerry? What, what put it you over the edge? I think it was uh, – I'm a fan of the Back to the Future trilogy and – they they held it very close to. I, I was kind of skeptical on how can you turn that into a musical, and and so the the music, um, they kept it very very close to the actual film, um, and and you mentioned the technical the stuff and the and the production uh, things that went on. Uh, it was it was everything just kind of I was in awe. I will have to go back to see it again because I'm sure I missed things just mm. from being in awe of other things that were happening. I'm trying not to give away what went on, um, but uh, the actors in in the in the uh, in the show were were incredible, uh, and and essentially unknown actors, right? With the exception of Roger Bart, who uh, is known probably for his role in The Producers. And he's done some other television uh, as well, but that's pretty much how most people know him. The rest of the actors in the in the, uh, in the the production were relatively new and unknown. Yeah. When we were sitting there before the show, I always like to read through, uh, you know, it doesn't make, everyone does this, but it's nice to read through and see the, sort of the bios and who everyone is. And I think I counted eight or nine of the cast members. Uh, this was their Broadway debut, which is so exciting. And we saw J.J. Uh, Neiman, the actor that is the understudy for uh, the role of Marty McFly, in not his Broadway debut, but his first appearance in that show. Right. And killed it. And hadn't he found out just like that afternoon or something that he had yeah. to go on as Marty? Yeah, according to what I read, uh, he—I guess he found out about three hours before the show opened. Wow! And he was in makeup, and he was running lines with Roger Bart. He had—I guess he claimed he only knew fifty percent of the role three hours before the show, and you'd never would have, <laughs> never would have guessed that. That's uh, quite an admission from an understudy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, gosh, I really—I hadn't quite done all my homework, but. I guess he does. I guess he's a cover for several roles. Uh, he's yeah, in that's the, that's pretty common. Yeah, he's in the ensemble um, when when he's not when he's not playing the cover. But um, yeah, that was. I thought that was just just incredible. It, it was just it was 
absolutely uh, crazy in 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 the things that were that were happening. I, there were just, uh, and again, I'm trying not to give it away, so that's why I'm kind of speechless. But sure. it's uh, folks have to go see it at the Winter Garden in, on Broadway. There is something very special about an understudy going on, you know, because it's it's such a tangible moment of someone putting in all this work to just to be ready, you know, because there's no guarantee the understudy will ever perform the role that they're understudying. And then just, they just give it all they've got. And it's like someone, it, it's, it's such a, I don't know. It's like they are just up there doing everything they can to make this moment right now, this show that this group of people are watching as great as it can be. And I think that's one of the wonderful things about, about um, live theater, you know, like there's no understudies in film and TV and I'm not, you know, shitting on film and TV. I'm just saying like, it's one of, it's one of the ineffable things about theater that it's a, it's a live medium and it's about the performers giving something to the audience. And so the understudy really uh, embodies that spirit fully. And I, and I have sent out uh, some communications to uh, to J.J. Neiman. And J.J., if you're listening to this, please, uh, we'd love to have you on the show <laughs> to talk about it. Uh, but, um, of course, they're doing Good Morning America and, you know, all the big stuff. It's just right. a little podcast, right? But who knows? Um, but I would love to love to find out how, how folks uh, can uh, – what, what are they actually – thinking or i mean you've been on stage before so you you you, you know uh, yeah but not in a situation like that where you've got a few hours notice to do something that you haven't really done in that in that sense before i don't know see i'm i'm a dumbbell right so i have i couldn't act if i if i tried but it's uh <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's not my thing and uh, i'd love to do it <clears throat> um i have a face for radio so i don't you know i don't <laughs> perform in public right but uh yeah i'm just so amazed at it and i'm looking at all the little the little things to him obviously watching the show and 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 getting into the show but watching little things you know to see if you see uh, we saw a couple things i think you and i both saw a couple things that they said that probably was a blooper right or or right. miscue or something like that but you would not you would not know it uh it just it just rolls on just in, it's in it, it's incredible, and the actor that played George McFly. Oh man! You want to talk about nailing a role? He was so great. <laughs> oh man, he had it down. Uh, Hugh Coles. Hugh Coles is the is the is the guy's name. And uh, if you look him up, if you Google him, he looks nothing like George McFly. So credit to the makeup people for 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 doing that. But he had that role down exactly like. Um, uh, Crispin Glover, who appeared as George McFly in the movie, in the first movie, um, the 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 walk, the move, the the laugh, everything. I mean, it was it was it was fantastic. Yeah, really good. And just again, like the this show, they it's kind of like going to see like a magic show. Like there's so much stage magic going on to make things appear a certain way. You know, when Marty travels back in time. Uh, like that whole sequence is so exciting and I, I'm not going to give away anything else just to say that like this show is full of theater magic and it's like why we go to the theater in a huge way. It's just to like see this stuff live uh, yeah. that just blows our minds. Absolutely. I, I will, I will let folks know. Yes, there is a DeLorean in the show. <laughs> That's all we'll say, right? Yes. Um, yeah. They, the, the, the things that they did with the, 
that gave you the appearance of things that were that were happening and how they did that technically uh, is again I mean it's just it's just it was crazy I've never seen anything like it before and uh, this this show should win uh, should definitely have uh, some Tonys a bunch of Tonys actually for this the the main character is uh, Casey likes who is um I don't think he had I think he made his Broadway debut in this in this uh, thing is that right yeah he plays Marty McFly he is the Marty McFly and uh, I I couldn't find any other Broadway productions that he did the understudy JJ uh, Neiman that we talked about he was in uh, Book of Mormon that was his right. first Broadway uh, thing but everybody everybody in that in that production was just wonderful so go see it folks um back to the future the musical it's at the winter garden theater right now it's on broadway tickets were fairly inexpensive it's a it's a nice theater it's one of those old um old theaters was it cats that was there for like 300 years or something <laughs> i think so i think cats like right <clears throat> yeah so it's a really uh it's a really old but a beautiful uh, beautiful theater and uh yeah i'm I guarantee you, you will love uh, this this show. the The second show we went uh, that that uh, uh, you and uh, Scout and I went to was called Just for Us. Um, Alex Edelman, and it just closed uh, on Broadway. He was over at the Hudson Theater, and he is a. Uh, I've been following his his comedy for a number of years. He's from. Um, He's from the Boston area, and uh, the show uh, was a one-man show that he started, I think, in New York, but he'd been all over the, pretty much all over the world doing the show, and and ended up uh, and ended up landing on Broadway. Um, and the show's about uh, how he, Alex Edelman, is 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 a Jewish man, and how he found himself at a neo-Nazi meeting. And he goes in and tells that entire story, and it's hilarious. Yeah, what I think is the funniest detail of that is how he finds himself at a neo-Nazi meeting in Queens. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's not like it's not like he like wandered down to somewhere in the deep south or something. Like this is yeah. probably off the seven train or something. Yeah, and you know? I it was and uh, he uh, he goes on to to. Um, to explain to explain the uh, the uh, how he how he came to I think it was through Twitter or something like that he came to uh, get invited to this meeting and he infiltrated it and turned into this wonderful uh, this wonderful one man one man show. Yeah, it was great. It was really like talking about kind of a heavy subject with with a light heart and really offering a lot of context. I think um, that that made the whole story funnier for people who are familiar with uh like liberal jewish customs and 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 culture and people who aren't uh i feel like he really contextualized the experience in such a funny way it was it was a really funny show yeah it was um his humor is is great you can check him out on he's all over youtube he's been on some of the big shows the late show the old letterman show and he um he's actually going to be performing in a uh comics come home here in Boston, which is a a show that uh, Dennis Leary put together for the last twenty seven years, and it's Whoa. local Boston comedian, but big guys like um, like Robert Kelly, um, 
uh, performed. He's a, he's a local guy that's kind of national now. Uh, Lenny Clark, of course. Uh, Dennis Leary and his band uh, perform. Um, and Alex Edelman, I think last year was his first year that he was actually invited. And uh, he was hilarious, and he's invited again this year. That's coming up in November called Comics Come Home. It's a benefit for the Cam Neely Foundation as well as the Worcester Firefighters, which is a big thing for um, – um, a Dennis Leary's uh, charity. Uh, Dennis being from uh, from the Worcester, Mass area. So, uh, but yeah, Alex uh, Alex Edelman is uh, is 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 quite funny, and and there are some other shows. I will probably go see Chicago again. Yeah, just to compare and contrast. Yeah, it has it hold up? Yeah, you so, know, it strikes me, Jerry, that we the two shows that we saw, I feel like couldn't have been more in contrast with one another. Because oh, yeah. on the one hand, Back to the Future is like this huge, loud, bright, like huge ensemble, six or seven big dance numbers, costume changes, and all this stage magic. And then just for us, Alex Edelman was just him on stage. And I think he had like maybe three stools that he grabbed at some point, And that was it, you know, but both great, you know, like Broadway runs the gamut and, uh, you know, it's rare that somebody makes it on there that that's truly a stinky turd. So. <laughs> that's right that's Bring right a little color to your morning drive time <laughs> <laughs> well i'm looking forward to getting back there and um and seeing some more shows and and of course seeing you and and hanging out and and uh, maybe seeing some uh some tony award-winning musical or or just regular play in the future at least having yeah. dinner at least having dinner and having 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 a chat Twist always, my arm. It's, <laughs> it's always uh, always good to see you. You too, Jerry. So it's always thanks. a pleasure when you come down and visit. I will uh, got to get you up here. I just have to get you up here. So uh, yeah, it's a slightly longer bike ride. <laughs> it can be done, though. It can, it be, can be. It can be done. And it's the kind of bike ride I would do too. That would be you do yeah you know you go on these rides with your brothers in the summer right and in the fall yeah we just did one um, what was it in June or July yeah I mean I don't know how how many miles is it from New York to Boston do you know off the top of your head uh, three three hundred and fifty maybe uh, yeah that's quite a long way we only went this last time we went like a hundred and forty or something oh okay yeah it's 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 about two actually it's about two hundred and fifteen miles from uh from where you are to where i am so um still still a bit of a ride and it's a, a little bit four hour train ride you know um yeah but have you ever tried to pedal one of those trains it's exhausting <laughs> no <laughs> no um no but you can always put that bike on an amtrak train. That's true. I've done that before. Oh, man. That just reminded me. um, We're going from Richmond to Williamsburg and back. It was just one night. It was about 60 miles there and then 60 miles back. But I had to take the Amtrak from New York to D.C. And then my brother was going to pick me up in D.C. and drive me down to Richmond. And I got on this Amtrak at like 3 in the morning to D.C. And it's like all the lights are off on this thing because everyone's trying to sleep. And the thing is full. And the way that Amtrak does bike storage is they're luggage bins the shelves like uh sort of flip up to the side and then you can hang your bike on this hook but the shelves when they flip up don't latch so you need like eight hands to hold them out of the way while you put up your bike Mm. 
not to mention my bike is laden with baggage because it's a bike packing trip. So I've got like a 50 pound bike that I'm trying to hang up on this hook. <laughs> it's like, once again, it's like three 30 in the morning in, in Moynihan hall and Penn station. I like open, try to open this aluminum shelf and it comes wham back down and an entire Amtrak car of sleepy commuters like gave me the death glare. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, never again. I would definitely do that as well. First of oh, all, three o'clock in the morning on a train is uh that's just it's way a bad time to make a noise. Way too early. Yeah. <laughs> way too early. Just, oh, that was funny. Yeah. But <laughs> Anyway, it just reminded me, total non-sequitur there. But. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and um, and I appreciate you uh, you coming in and filling in for Debbie. Um, any any Anything big coming up for you? You know, it's been kind of slow recently, actually, with the, the Writers Guild of America and SAG strike. It's been a little slow on the acting yeah. front. So I've been spending a little bit more time, uh, you know, writing and, and uh, working on some creative ventures of my own, which... At this point, will remain secretive, but will at some point in the near future become public. That's all I can say. Well, at that point, we'll have you back on to share whatever it is that you're that you're working on with our listeners because they love having you on the show. Oh, that's terrific! I love being on the show. I love chit chatting with you, Jerry. Ah, you just saying that the check? <laughs> well, the check. I am saying it, but I'm not just saying it. The check is in the mail. <laughs> and the ten percent from my agents. <laughs> oh, right. we gotta remember we got an agent now. <laughs> oh yeah. Listen, man, thanks so much for joining us. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to uh, to seeing you again very soon. You too, Jerry. Taylor, and uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Taylor Bloom, everybody. Adios. It's another Sunday podcast is produced by Debbie when she's here, and sometimes Jerry. The music you hear in the background is composed and performed by Tom Blaze. Check out Tom's YouTube channel at Tom Blaze. That's going to do it for episode number 130 of It's Another Sunday Podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening.